What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, the incomparable Colin Mitchell. I like that I'm incomparable. You like that? Yeah. I mean, you're definitely comparable, but I just like... <laughs> hyping you up sometimes who do i compare to you're a lot of people <laughs> damn <laughs> no 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 I'll, I'll be nice Colin. You're, you're great we're all unique in our own bodies yeah there me. you go there you go you're definitely incomparable <laughs> thank you so much um but yeah colin it has been it's been what a week and a half since we last did a podcast it's been a while because a little rusty because we had to we want to do it every two games in this pod play and they don't play, you know, the same schedule. Right. So we took, I guess, a week and a half off, I want to say. I don't remember. Last time I was on here, we talked about the, the, the elementary school kids a lot. So we're not talking about them at all this time. So That's upsetting. I know. I still get tweets about them. <laughs> still. Our influence is greater than you know, Colin. <laughs> it's greater than you know. Worldwide butterfly <laughs> effect. If Bernie's oh. breakdown didn't exist, would World War Three happen? Yes. <laughs> during the uh, during the FIU game, because we're recording this right after the FIU game, <laughs> I got Colin to post on the Facebook messages, or I don't even know what you'd call it, the Facebook thread comments. while watching, yeah, yeah comments, comments while watching the game, because it was on Facebook on Stadium. I got him to post, what was it? Tune in to Bruni's Breakdown, Breakdown Podcast. Yeah, or, after the game or something. Like yeah, that. after the game, wherever and, you, and, listen yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> even though it's not true at all. So yeah. for those who have come here. Via that comment, oh my God. I'm going to need you to at me on Twitter. Nobody. Nobody. It did get another like, though. If I get one person... Shout out my, Preston. My reach my reach is unbelievable. Your impact. Then is... I'm truly incomparable. Yes, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, so we're doing this right after the FIU game. Um, I'm sure most of y'all know that it was a blowout at this point. But we're going to do our 30-second uh, recap, so get your phone calling. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to review the games. We're going to... Look ahead. We're going to look at Conference USA as a whole. And uh, we're going to look at Western Kentucky and Charlotte coming up before answering y'all's questions. So, Colin, are you prepared? You cannot start already. Restart that. Restart that. I was not ready. That was an accident anyway. I saw that. Okay, wait. Oh. <laughs> okay, wait. Restart it now. Let's go. Okay, go. Three, two, one. All right. So, Louisiana Tech on... Oh, man, I don't even remember. Saturday. It was the best game of the year. It was the most fun game of the year, and North Texas lost. So that's a great way of explaining it. But Daquan Bracey and Javion Hamlet went back and forth. I think they both ended with 25 points. Uh, Javion Hamlet had an and one to go up one. Then Daquan Bracey came down and hit a or, yeah, then hit a shot to, to win them the game, basically. And it was fantastic. North Texas shot awful, and La Tech hit a bunch of threes. Now for FIU, it was that game except the exact opposite. It was boring. It was dominated by North Texas. It was in Miami. North Texas shot the lights out. And there was really no problems North Texas had with anything FIU did. It looked like the same game as when FIU played in Denton, except it was in Miami. FIU was without point guard Antonio Day. You know, that's whatever. But North Texas didn't have a problem. They had four and double figures, Javion, Moe, Reese, the usual, Zach um, Simmons. So, yeah. Did you just say that the FIU game was the same game except the exact opposite? Yes. Yes, okay. it's exactly what I said. Colin. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that it's exactly what I said that, that we're clear with yes. what you had said. Okay. It was, it was completely. I know inverted. it's just a weird way of saying saying it. It was inverted. You could just say it was the exact opposite of the. Yeah, by like setting it up. Ah, uh, and then 
bring them I understand. back in. You know, Colin, you got to talk about the setup <laughs> in comedy. So in comedy. <laughs> all right, Colin. Now, okay, we usually just do our overall takeaways right. from the weekend because usually it's Thursday, Saturday games. But these games were so different that I feel like we should take them one at a time. And they were okay. so spread out. I okay. feel like we should do it one at a time. Okay. So let's go back to La Tech because I think this will be good. We go to La Tech, break them down, and then build them up with FIU. So <laughs> go back down. to the La Tech. It was a good game. So the La Tech game, 4 of 22 from 3. La Tech shot 10 of 20 from 3. Jaquan Bracey at 25. Uh, 11 offense rebounds for La Tech. Um, I mean, you, you go down the list. Um, Archibald had like 11 or so, but still, they were... It wasn't a good showing for North Texas, even though they should have won the game, or they could have won the game. I'll say that. No, they should have won the game. They were up like they, they were up the three with like a minute left. Okay, but in that stretch in the second half, I want to say from like the twelve minutes point to like the six minute point, where like nothing really went in for North Texas, and F- and La Tech came down, was hitting threes, was hitting tough shots. I was no, like, no, no. Dequan Bracy was hitting tough. Okay, shots. yes, but I was just like, how is North Texas still in this game? Right. Which is why they shouldn't have lost it because they went up then up three or up two or however many it was mm-hmm. with like a minute left. And then it was like Daquan Bracey step, step back, back three, three and then it was deep. Javion Hamlet floater. And then it was Daquan Bracey. I'm just going to end the game real quick. Yeah. No, it was um Bracey had 11 points in the last two minutes. Javion had 12 points, two assists in the last seven minutes. It was a beautiful showing of basketball. I was completely enamored by it and I wish it never would have ended. But with that, all that being said, I do think North Texas should have lost that game. They did not play well enough on defense. They didn't play well enough to de- defending Dequan Bracy. They didn't make the adjustments I think they needed. to. D- they definitely, while the three-pointers La Tech made were not wide open, I went back and actually watched every single one of them. I don't know if I told you that. No, did I tell didn't. you that? Yeah, I actually have a spreadsheet. Uh, we know how much everyone. So how many were sheets. how many were contested? At least four. Okay, look, four of them shouldn't have gone in. You're gonna make me pull it up. I yeah. am because you have the three Dequan Bracy setback so, threes. Yes, I labeled those as tough. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to label them the highest scale. Well, I didn't want to label them contested. Is tough higher than than contested? No, but it is. They're tough. Okay, so what was the one Here, of let Archibald? Let me just show you. Let me just show you on the wing. So there were three toughs. There were three the opens. There were only three like wide, wide open right. ones the whole game. There were a lot of lightly contested ones, which are like, you know, late closeout situations. Right. And then I have contested as one, two, three, four, five, six. Six have six contested, one heavily contested, and two heaves. Two heaves went in? No, two no no. These are just the overall oh. shot of the twenty threes. That's what <laughs> I was, it was like, my God. But anyways, all I'm trying to say is it wasn't like it wasn't terrible defense. And especially against a lot of tech team that is not a great three-point shooting team. I think they shoot about 35% on the year. So, you know, they're okay. They're fine. But you had guys um, you had guys like Williams, who shoots 22% on the year, and Pemberton, who shoots 29% on the year, hit combined for five threes. So that's just tough. But, okay, regardless, I don't want to start there because I kind of wanted to start with this team just not making threes. I think that's a more interesting subplot. Yes, I like agree. Four of 22 from three, their second-worst three-point shooting game of the year. How did you feel about that, Colin? Well, I felt shots should have gone in. How I don't know how else anyone else should feel. I mean, uh, did yeah. you like the looks? I mean, did yo, you... I like the looks. I mean, Reese had tons of open looks. Mo had a really bad game. I don't know how many threes he shot. I one for... of eight. 
one of eight. There you go. So there's a majority of your <laughs> your threes right there. Um, and then DJ is not getting looks, and he didn't get looks again tonight. But we'll talk about that later. But DJ's need, DJ needs to get more involved, and Reese needs to make open threes because I feel like I don't remember any really bad shots. Yeah, me neither. I don't. I mean, I don't... Ex- except for JV ones that went in. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but yeah. I mean, you kind of said it. I didn't hate the looks, but it was alarming to me that they didn't go in because you're at home. You're getting those looks. You're getting those looks from good shooters, whereas Louisiana Tech is getting them from, you know, 20, 22%, 29%, 35% shooters. These right. are 40% shooters. Right. These are guys who don't miss. And I, I posted uh, Tuesday, I want to say, I posted the season-long averages for North Texas, like every single game. And it's there's not many games where you go down and you're like, wow, this team had a bad shooting night. Right. That was the second worst shooting night of the year. And the other one, I think, was against Arkansas where they went 2 of 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen very often. And so that was very alarming. And you th- when you think about it, if they just would have hit two more of those threes, they probably win the game. If they just would have even maybe even hit one of those threes, it they would have won the game. But they didn't. And that was kind of alarming to me because you're in this pressure environment where against a team who's really good, La Tech, and a team who you can't really stop in La Tech, those are the threes that kind of make or break great shooters, right? Right. Like, those are the threes that were, where you're like, all right, no, that guy's not missing. And albeit, I definitely think these are, we North Texas has great shooters. I'm not saying they don't, but this is their first real environment where you're like, no, this shot has to go in. Right, they weren't they weren't blowing out a team and hitting threes. No, it's, it's, a different, it's different than when you play FIU and you're up 10 and you're like, you're just Moe's just raining threes down like you can't miss. No, you're playing Louisiana Tech who has length, who can close out on you. You have Louisiana Tech who has who guards the paint really well, who rebounds really well, who can make you pay on the other end, who had seventy something points and y'all weren't stopping them. And so that's when you need your threes to go in, and they didn't go in. So that's why it was alarming to me. It wasn't as obviously it was a one off. Like okay, right. they're not they're they're probably not going to shoot four of twenty two again the rest of the season. Like probably not they'll probably at least shoot like six of 22 at, at, at the worst but it was the timing that kind of you have to look a little deeper in it you have to look at it like okay well what can we t- why what were these shots not going in and then you have to come back to well you're playing the second best team in conference you say yes i said the second best team in conference you say <laughs> I was, Louisiana I, was Tech. <laughs> May, I mean this is the game where if you win it you really have control of your own destiny you're at home. These are shots I mean, you're ba- supposed to You win to the make. conference, basically. Yeah. All of these things going into it, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And James Reese and, and Javion Ham, I'm mean, Javion was fine. But James Reese, Mo was, Mo obviously played a lot last year and had experience, but the expectations kind of waned towards the end of the year. These are their first games where they're like, they're playing teams and they're like, all right, no, these shots need to go in. Right. So. And that might be a little unfair, especially to Mo, because Mo played a lot last year. And obviously, James Reese is a great player, so I don't put a lot of stock into the, that game. But I think it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. I just think they need to be making shots. I mean, that's what they're there for. Of course. Of course. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah. It can you make shots. And especially with this team, being a 40% three-point shooting team, if you take that away, I mean... What I say, what did we both say coming into the conference season? If this team shoots forty percent from three and they hold teams to thirty-two percent three, which they haven't, we'll get to that. They're gonna win games. 
Right. So, and the offense has been spectacular. I showed you before the game that they're like 26th in the yeah, country that, in Kimpong. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Their, their offense is. And they had like 125 just, offensive rating tonight. So yeah, they're they're dominating people. What what I do think is interesting though is that you mentioned those last or that six to 12 minute stretch, like I guess marker of time against in the LaTeX game where they didn't really have any offense, and it's really frustrating to me when this team only can seem to score through Javion, like whenever he whatever had a calf strain or whatever mm-hmm. and he was limping on the sidelines and there's like six seconds left and Moe's like oh yeah you're limping or whoever had it and passes it to Javion's like okay do something and he did something with it yeah but he like, was limping like, that was like eight minutes left yeah uh, and yeah I think it's it you need to have another guy that can kind of bail you out of situations like that because I mean Javion almost wasn't there like he could have been out yeah so it, it'll be interesting we did see. talk about that last week because I went back and listened to our podcast from last week and we we were posed that question of are we worried about them not having enough options in, to close the game? And we were both like, well, they have Mo and Javion. If you have two players, that's fine. But if Mo is deferring and not making shots, then you're down to one. And Javion Hamlet did it against Louisiana Tech, but to ask him to do that continuously is very, very tough. Yeah. So that's that's where Louisiana Tech showed, like, you have to have multiple playmakers. You have to have guys that can make plays on the offensive end. And I feel like it's unfair to talk about their offense, even though I just spent five minutes rambling about their three-point shooting. Um, the defense wasn't worrisome to me, but I wrote, okay, so I wrote that story, I think, did I make a VIP, yes. the three-point shooting one? Yes. Yeah, I, I wrote a story about their the three-point defense and how they're going about approaching it. And obviously the middle ball screens were a concern for me because Louisiana Tech ran that good amount of times. And basically anything in the middle was creating, forcing North Texas to like overhelp in a sense. And right. that was creating more open threes for the other team. Now, a lot of that help was calculated because they were coming off of 20% shooters, 22% shooters, but they were making them. I mean, it's wide open threes for college players. A lot of them can make shots. So that was one concern. And then another concern was like, when you play these teams that have incredible shot makers, Maury Archibald, Daquan Bracey, you go down the list of, of a very good team. And then you go to like West Kentucky as well. Guys like Mo and DJ and Rose can kind of get I don't want to say they can get played off the court, but they can they can struggle at times on defense. And I don't think that's a crazy take because Mo's a good defender and DJ's a good defender. Like Rose has taken massive steps forward on defense. But when you're six foot tall, it is it does you are hampered. You are handicapped. Right, when you're not a long Yes, player. when you're not James Reese or Javion. Like even Javion gets away with a lot because he's six four. Right. Like, it's just how it goes. Like, if you're 6'4 with a build like Javion, you get away with a lot more than if you're 6'1 six, six of Mo or whatever, 6' of DJ. You have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And they weren't perfect against LaTeX. And they made them pay time after time after time. And so that that was concerning to me. Second thing, unless you had a re- rebuttal for that. I, yeah, I mean, I don't really think that their defense lost them a game. They had to have lost in the end. They couldn't stop them, Lee. But they... Okay, let's think of these last shots. All of them are Daquan Bracey. This goes into my second point, but go ahead. All of them were ridiculously tough shots. Of course. Two or three of them were step-backs on Javion that... Like, I was... Like, if... if the, When Daquan Bracey hit that first shot, I was like, okay, if he does the same thing again, he's not going to hit the next one. Like, that's how confident I was For that sure. he wouldn't hit that next shot. And then, when North Texas was up after Javion just completely shifted momentum after getting an... Uh, and one was it an and one or two free throws? Oh, are you talking about the last his last shot? The last he, one where he he it was an and one. Okay, so an and one. 
like you, you that def- you can't be mad at that defense. He was twelve feet away from the hoop and hit a right-handed floater when he's left-handed. So I'm, I can't. You can't blame the defense when it mattered. I agree. But going into my second point, well, actually, I have a sub. I have a one point five point. A sub point. Yeah, sub point. Zach Simmons wasn't great defensively either that game. I think he kind of struggled a bit with his mobility against Louisiana Tech, and it showed on the last point as well. I think he could have maybe got there a half second sooner, made it made it a little tougher. That's nitpicking. It was still a tough shot. It's nitpicking, regardless. But I do think Zach Simmons will be interesting to see how he plays against Western Kentucky, especially. Mm-hmm. Will be interesting to see how he plays against Charlotte, and will be interesting to see basically the other three top teams in conference like that. It's going to be a real test for him to stay on the court and stay effective on the defensive side of the ball. That's a sub point. Second point I had was: Does it concern you at all that they only have? This sounds this sounds kind of just gre- say it. This sounds fine. greedy. It's fine. Is it a problem that they don't have a second lockdown defender? They have James Reese, who they put on a Mori Archibald late in games. And if you remember the first time they played in Louisiana Tech, Mori Archibald had the and one layup to put them up one before Javion went and made the floater. So well, Mori Archibald's a baller. Like we we know that. They had James Reese on a Mori Archibald. I was I kept waiting for them to put James Reese on Bracey. But then I was thinking, who'd you put on Archibald? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, does that concern you at all, especially against teams that have multiple scores like Western Kentucky and basically every the top three teams besides? So teams? if on the perimeter, no, I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. But when you start to get, you know, guys like when you have to close out like DJ, he's not gonna be able to close out effectively as James Reese, obviously. Mm-hmm. But DJ on the perimeter is perfectly fine. Like he's right up there. Now. In the end of the La Tech game, I also wasn't really that concerned because although, yes, you would like to see James Reese switch on to Quan Bracey, like you said, Javion's not like just something to kind of like... No, push. like you said, yeah, Javion played yeah, good defense. Javion played good defense. So, yes, you'd like a guy that could lock him down, but again, Daquan Bracey shouldn't have any business <laughs> hitting those shots. But he did. He did. He did hit those shots. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I don't think Javion... Um, a, I don't think Javion played bad defense. And second of all, Javion had that look in his eye where like... He was really determined to get the stops. Right, like, like it was. It's one of those moments where you watch it. Would you watch a game and you're like, "This is like a defining type of moment, yes. type of thing." Like, this is something that you'll remember if they win this game. Yes, I mean, he he got hurt twice, got hit in the uh, midsection. The, <laughs> the midsection. Kids are listening, Colin. Please. The midsection <laughs> came out of the game, came back in, did something with his leg, scored on the possession where he was hurt, and then he was trying to lock up. One of the best guards in the na- or in the conference, like that's a defining moment. Yes, and he really wanted to guard him, but it, which I'm fine at with. some point. If, do if, you have if, to if, switch that. But I'm, but would you rather have Javion on Archibald? You know, Archibald takes that last shot if Javion's on him. Maybe, man. Maybe I. It's just it's just things to think. Of, I was thinking about. I was like I was kind of waiting for them to put Reese on him, right? And it never happened, and it made me kind of think like the, the thing that I guess concerned the only thing that bo- bothered me whenever I. Because you obviously, whenever you have Dequan Bracey on the right wing, like seven feet back from the three point line, like you know it's going to be an ISO. Yeah, I wish they tried to trap him or double him, take the ball out of his hand. Exactly, they, and they didn't, and they just—I mean, it was so late. I forgot who finally ran up, but I mean, he was already at the three point line at that point. Yeah, Mo so, kind of came late, but then he, right, like he I mean, you need way. you need to try to put some kind of pressure on him, at least where you can either try to get a deflection off a pass or or something because. Although you play good defense on the shot, why not take the ball out of the best player's hands? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so that'll be interesting to see how 
They defend those multiple scoring laps because Western Kentucky has another team with multiple scorers. Tavion Hollingsworth, Cameron Justice, Jared Savage. You go down the list. Good players. So, and again, JV, Javion, Mo, DJ are all very are all good defenders. Very good defenders. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I think they're de- definitely above average defenders. So I'm not concerned with it. I just think against top teams, you might have to be even better than just good. No, I agree. You just have to be like elite. When, when you have guys that aren't just don't just play on the perimeter offensively you're gonna have a problem with like dj on the on the court and stuff like that yeah for sure okay i'm trying to think if there's anything else from the latte game tough loss tough loss was tough i was very concerned going into the fiu game that maybe it could linger a little bit not in the terms of lingering mentally because i think they would be there mentally like really want to win the game but going on the road against an fiu team who hasn't played in a little bit who should in theory be prepared and should have learned from the last. Can I cuss on this podcast? It's my podcast. We've right? done it. You're, you've done it. The before. last ass whooping that they got. That's didn't. not even a. You said way worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the last time they got beaten, Den. You think they would learn from that? I was like, all right, this is this is gonna be tough. This is not gonna be easy. And I needed North Texas to come out and start shooting the ball well right from the jump from three. Like I needed them to come out and see the ball go in the basket. That's one thing as a shooter. When you come back after you have a bad day. That ball needs to go in. Yep. Because you don't want to think about it too exactly. much. Exactly. We saw what it did to Dang. The ball needs to go in. The hoop, <laughs> yeah. Or else it continues to pile on. Yeah. And then I told you before the game, I was like, this is a big game because if you lose this game, what's going to stop you from losing the Western Kentucky game? Right. And it's then what's going to stop you from losing to Charlotte? Like, what? where does the line stop here? Thankfully, the line stopped at FIU. Like, it stopped and it stopped really early. Like, yeah. North Texas jumped out to a 10 to 0 lead. FIU basically had no answers the entire night. I don't even know how close they came after that 10-0 run or 10-0 run to start the game. Let me let me look because I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, they cut it to seven five four. That's it. And then it was gone from there. It was gone. It was gone from there. They went up. North Texas goes up twenty and then eighteen at halftime. And Held good it. night. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was a dominant performance. I. Definitely think there was a lot to, more to take out of the LaTeX game than the FIU game, but this was a game North Texas needed, needed desperately to have. They yep. needed this performance. They needed to come out and shoot nine of sixteen from three. They needed Mo to shoot six of nine from three, and they needed this whole team to really play well. And they played well, four in double digits. You can't complain. Zach, I think, was effective enough. I mean, offensively, when he had fifteen points, I think he had eight rebounds. I was fine with it. We both can nitpick at him at times, but he's their most consistent force, at least in terms of drawing attention to the paint and yes. which is where they want to get. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like obviously Javion is there a lot, but in the paint, forcing help, Zach Simmons is there and finishing big. Um, FIU, I mean, Osagai had 18 points. Uh, you said you'd be upset if he scored more than 12. He had 18, Colin. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was very upset. Um, but they locked down Mark Andrews. No, that's not his name. Is that no, it was... Uh, Devon. Devon Andrews. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, Mark Andrews. Who's Mark Andrews? A tight end for the Ravens. On my fantasy team. That's why I remember him. Mark Andrews. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Shout out Mark Andrews if you listen to the podcast. Devon Andrews, they locked down to seven points on one of six shootings. Again, James Reese just being James Reese, being an elite defender, being a first-team all-defense type player. That's what we need to start endorsing. First-team all-defense, James Reese. So we got conference player of the year and first-team all-defense. Yes, he's not defensive player of the year. 
that'll go to Asaga just because he blocks five shots a game. But it was three point nine. But yeah, whatever. Now four. Now yeah, four. <laughs> so um, yeah, first team all defense locking up Devon Andrews. Like I said before, FIU was down Antonio Day, uh, Jacob and Banks had pretty bad nights for FIU as well. And FIU's pressure does nothing to North Texas. I wrote about this when I previewed the entire pod. I said FIU has the worst matchup for North Texas. Or how do I phrase this? FIU is the best matchup for North Texas. I guess that's a better way yeah, of saying it. Yeah, but it's the worst matchup for FIU. Yeah, for them. I like, think that's how you ordered it. Yeah, like their pressure does nothing because North Texas guards are too good. They're put in rotation constantly, which we saw. Be- and they lose their man off ball a lot because they're helping trying to block shots, get steals. So it leads to a lot of threes, which North Texas makes. And then on offense, they don't have that guy that's can create consistently like they can get Osagai on lobs or in the post occasionally Devon Andrews is good but he kind of needs some openings and James Reese didn't doesn't give you openings right and their guards are like good and but without Antonio Day it's like what are you really gonna do and they didn't do anything so yeah it was a dominant win um two of 16 from three for FIU they shut me up real quickly I guess you know two of 16 from three after I wrote that entire article saying how they couldn't defend the three it's all your fault you should write I'd one like about how they're credit, not. You, you should write one how they're not going to win the conference, <laughs> right? And then just, after that, say how they're not going to win the NCAA tournament. And then the whole time, just be plotting in my head, be like, yeah, booking my flights. When they're in the finals with the Gonzaga, <laughs> like <laughs> booking my flights the whole way, be like, yeah, yeah right. they're not going to do anything. <laughs> but yeah, they held. I mean, and I went back and looked at. It, I was like, maybe FIU just didn't hit threes against them last time either. So maybe this is a good matchup. No, I think FIU hit like nine threes last time they played. I want to say so. <laughs> Oh, here, I have it right here. 9 of 17 from 3. Oh, no. 7 of 21 from 3 last time they played FIU. Not bad. This time it was 2 of 16 in Florida. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't complain. I mean, what is there anything anything else you can add from add to this? Any player standouts? I mean, Mo, obviously, 23 points. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say bad things that I didn't like. I thought the bad things were for La Tech and we were going to big them up in, in FIU. Okay, Are you trying ahead. to give participation hey, trophies? Go ahead. Are you go trying ahead. to give participation trophies? They won trophies? by 20, but you go They ahead. won by 20. You get the Twitter But there hate. were some concerning you things that Twitter we both hate. pointed out. No, I'll follow you. Go doesn't ahead. even matter. I'll follow you. <laughs> you already follow me. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think one thing is rebounding. It bothers me so bad how this team cannot get defensive rebounds. Do you want to know how many offensive rebounds FIU had? Just hit me with it. Lots of had 11. How many did FIU have? Six. If I don't see Zach grab a ball with two hands again, like there was there was even a play where Mo had a rebound and then Zach just kind of like swatted it trying to get it, and it's just like Zach grab the ball, and it's I don't know if Zach wasn't so if Zach Zach's sole reason wasn't to get paint touches, yeah, you couldn't play him this much. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he is such a force on the offensive side of the ball. You have yeah. to play him. And you, they don't really have another forward that they could plug in um, because Thomas, they have a three-man rotation that they that is great. Right. Like, we can't, we can't. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I'd, I'd rather see Thomas and Dang out there if Zach wasn't as good offensively. Yeah, because, because neither I can't one of those stand two can post rebounding right now. Rebounding is bothering me so much. I understand you. I didn't. Thomas Bell is definitely the best rebounder in this team. Oh yeah, Thomas Bell is like rebounding like a mad. But like, dang, I probably out rebounded Zach. Did he? Dang had eight boards. Zach had. Oh yeah, damn. Zach only had four boards. I thought he had eight. Yeah, Zach had four boards. Thomas had seven, and Dang had eight. 
I reading that right? Yeah, I yeah. Because Dang had three offensive boards, three or four. Yeah. So I do think that. Well, first of all, it's been the biggest issue of this team basically the entire season. Right. I know, but it's just when you have a guy that like, I mean, you and I both coming into the season was like he should be like defensive MVP, could be the MVP of the team. Yeah. Like should be getting all the rebounds. I mean, he set rebounding records his freshman year. One of the two. Freshman or sophomore year. He got 22 in a game one time. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It, it has changed the dynamic. Even though last year you look at it and this last year's team was even more of a guard rebounding team than this right. year's team. Like, you go but down you, and, Yeah, and I guess that kind of covered it up. I mean, you have Ryan and then you had uh, Mike Miller. And those yeah. guys, I mean, they just gobbled rebounds. Yeah, you have you had a lot of players last year that were effective rebounders or at least were on the court and could rebound this year reese has developed as a rebounder as a very good rebounder javion stepped up tonight and had six rebounds and but that's not assists, his i think too yeah but that's not his you know go to right he usually has back. three assists or yeah. three three rebounds i'm sorry yeah like he's not one of those guys that's going to get five plus rebounds mo is not a gr- i mean he's he can rebound but you know he's not big he doesn't rebound well um, Thomas, dang, very good rebounders. James, very good rebounder. But these are bigger dudes, so you're competing with bigger dudes to have to get these rebounds. And Zach doesn't. Zach isn't the type of rebounder that is going to carve out space and Andre Drummond you and get that rebound right. with his damn which arms is, and body. Which is He's why it frustrates me so much up. when he doesn't do it when he should. Because you're an Andre Drummond lifer. I'm almost. not an Andre Drummond lifer. Trust me. I mean, I know, for, I know for those you're who, sad. for those who follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I like, know you're sad he got traded, Colin, but... I'm not sad he got traded. In fact, I was going to be very sad if he opted in and we kept him. Listen, I love Andre Drummond, but it's time to move on, you know? All right, so anyways... That's not an analogy saying we need to move on from Zach. Having watched Andre Drummond, though, forever, and we've obviously watched basketball forever... Yeah. How would you compare the rebounding? Andre Drummond, okay, the best rebounder okay, in the NBA, all, probably Zach, ever. and where could... Okay, where first could, of all, Andre Drummond does forward. two things. He wants it more than you every single time, no matter if it's offensively or defensively. And second, he has the best second and third jump in the NBA for rebounding. Mm-hmm. Like, if he goes up once and misses it, he's going to go up again, like, right away. And the thing with Zach is he's not super athletic. And he, and he you know, he can't really move laterally, to like you said, to carve out space. So when when he has his chances, he needs to make sure that he grabs it and he doesn't just think that it's like, oh, I'm the tallest guy on the floor. Yeah. I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Exactly. So he needs, I mean, I, I think the big thing just needs to be like mindset. Like, just like you need, like go on the floor and be like, I'm going to get this ball. I think you kind of alluded to it already, but the main thing for me is that he, he has one jump to get the ball. Mm-hmm. And that one jump usually isn't, intimidating right the way thomas is is thomas flies in for yeah thomas gets i mean that one yes yeah we, we both looked at each other like did <laughs> yeah. you just do that what? yeah excuse me <laughs> it um, was just a rebound <laughs> yeah no i was shocked so um but yeah i i do think it's it's interesting and they kind of covered up like i said last year when they had like the entire team rebounding and they had to rebound because they were undersized this time th- this time it's like oh you know we're bigger than everybody or not everybody but you know what i mean we're mm-hmm. a big team we have specific guys that rebound, and those guys need to rebound. Mm-hmm. Like the Fords need to rebound this year, and Reese needs to rebound. So it's different. They it, it shows when Zach's not rebounding this year. Yes, that's the biggest difference. Yes, so, uh, I think that's a good point, though. That's a good nitpick. Um, the shooting was great, as I mentioned. 
Uh, Mo was great, as I mentioned, 23 points. Man, that deep three that he hit off the turnaround. <laughs> Bruni like, ran up off my couch and like, sprinted Woo. forward toward the TV. <laughs> Woo. I'll tell you how tough that is, man. Oh, that is tough. I practice, you know, coming around, coming across the three-point line, you know, catch, shoot, turn, you know, square up, shoot. That man did that from two steps behind the three-point NBA three-point line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, he was great. Um, the defense obviously took a step up. We talked about that, and a team effort. We talked about that. Okay. I guess we covered concerns moving forward. That's the next thing I had. Rebounding. Are, are you concerned at all about the three-point shooting? No. I don't think we so should. So they're be. back. It was just a blip? Well, I think everyone that plays a role right now is back. DJ needs to find that role again. See, but DJ just doesn't shoot. Yes, he needs to find that role okay, again. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He is one of my concerns moving forward. Not because I don't think he can shoot, or not, not because I don't think he can be a valuable player, but because when he is not shooting the ball or when they are not letting him shoot the ball, we've talked about this before. He's a fine defender, but he's 5'11", 6 foot. And it shows when he has to go against a two or even a big one that can put the ball on the floor and get to the I would I would say my bigger concern, though, was when he doesn't shoot and he's super unselfish and gives it to somebody else. Because then it just like like when Javion swings the ball and it's like, oh, there's DJ. He's going to shoot this. And there's like 10 seconds left on the clock and he gives it to like dang in the post and then he gets double teamed. Yeah. Like you just, you kill the play. No, it does. And I mean, we, we've, we've talked about him shooting before and his need to shoot the ball to yeah. improve his value on the court. Because right now I don't even know how much he played. How much did he play? Um, Draper played 11 minutes. Yeah. Zero Whereas shot before at, he was playing like 20 minutes. I mean, minutes. you go down zero shot attempts, one assist, one foul, zero turnovers. Zero and boards. I think he only shot one time against La Tech. And again, you don't have to hunt your shot, but even if they close out on you hard, he's he can hit the he, shot. No, he can hit the shot, but then he can also he can take a couple dribbles in and he can create a little bit more than what he's given himself credit for. He just doesn't want to make that mistake to where he's off the court, but you're off the court anyways because you're not doing anything on the offensive side of the ball. Right. All you're doing is providing spacing and frankly, his spacing is not even that intimidating right now because teams are like as long as you're there, like a little bit, as long as you're a little bit there, he's not shooting the ball. Right. Like which he has why, to be wide Which open. is why Rose played so much tonight. I, I I think they are trying to see if Rose can give him because something. Because Rose, like, he was doing the right passes. He was playing good defensively. Right now, it's when DJ's on the court, you don't notice him. But when Rose is on the court, he does something to where you're like, oh, that was a nice pass, or oh, that was a good defensive play. Whereas DJ is just like, Hey, DJ. <laughs> Look, man, if Rose shot the ball like 5% better from three, he would be playing a lot. But he doesn't. And that's why DJ's playing still. And that's why DJ's probably still the seventh man on this team instead of Rose. But like you said, it was interesting to see Rose get those minutes. It was interesting yeah. to see them throw roll Rose out there and be like, he's doing something. And DJ's definitely capable of scoring like seven points a game. It's just he doesn't do it. And I think that, like I said before, I do think DJ struggled on defense today. Mm-hmm. I, I pointed him out to you. I was like, foul here, foul there. You yeah, know, not there. They hit a tough shot over him, but you can say it's a tough shot, but when they have five, four inches on you, it's it's not so tough. It's not as tough as yeah. what you think. Yeah. Like if I'm going against a five, four person and I have five inches on him, then um, 
it's not as tough. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> walk that back. No, you no, thought I wasn't gonna catch that? No, no, no. That's that's what happens. For so, everyone, yeah. disclaimer: Bruni is not five nine. I'm close. I'm close. Um. Okay, that was the DJ. Um. Any other concerns moving forward? We either talked about Zach. We talked about DJ. I'm cool with everybody else, really. I'm trying to think. Dang, I had some concerns about after LaTeX, but... I think Dang has found his role, fine, man. Yeah, Dang... He's fine. I mean, Dang rebounded tonight really well. He had a block that was crazy. Yeah. So, he's fine. He's yeah. chilling. Okay. Are we moving on to questions or... No, 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 no. I have some breaking news here oh. on Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Even like, though it's not breaking news at all to you listeners out there, you already know what happened. Do I know what it was? No. And this is real time for us, not real time for the listeners. Oh, so please tell me Western won. Western Kentucky was down 12 with two minutes left. Western won? Down six with 30 seconds left. Oh, no, okay, they didn't win. They sent it to overtime, and they are in overtime right now, Colin. <laughs> I swear to God. And Shout Josh Anderson just threw down a nasty dunk. I don't know if you can see this. Let's see. I'm seeing it. Are you watching it? Live in real time reaction. Ooh. Damn. Yep. And they tied at 83 with three and a half minutes left. Look, man. If Western go wins, Western Kentucky. If, yeah, honestly, right now, go Western. Because then it comes into our next segment, I guess. Go ahead, man. We've been great with transitions today. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty that. great. Go ahead. The de facto Conference USA Championship, pending on this overtime, could be this Sunday. Yep. Um, if Western Kentucky wins, then basically the winner of Western Kentucky North Texas on Sunday will win the, the championship, the regular season title. And locks the NIT. Man. Which is which is honestly, I don't. I think people undersell this. Like that's like the most important thing right now for this team. What it is is people just get are so caught up in looking at the shiny NCAA tournament that they're just like, wow, like how do we get to that? When in reality, it's like you know how hard it is to get that. You have to win three games, single elimination tournament. Like it's there's a chance of randomness into into this equation here, right? Like just to make it to that. And then lose. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the NIT... You can win the whole damn thing. You've worked 18 games for, so you have actually put yourself into position to be, no, we are the best team in this conference. So there's no uncertainty about it. There's none of this right. one-game playoffs. No, this is, you've worked 18 games, we're the best team. And you go to an NIT where you might be hosting, potentially, if you get a top four seed in that. 32 teams, four brackets of eight. Top four seed in that you're hosting... You play a team who obviously will be not be Maryland, you name it, whoever the top right. The top it's not, you're not going to be playing Gonzaga. Yeah, you're not playing a yeah. top fifteen team in the country, so you can extend it a little bit. And you're and you're obviously if you're in North Texas or if you're any mid major, you want North, you want a tournament or a NCAA tournament win. But the likelihood of you getting it already is like fifteen to twenty percent. And an NIT run is probably that same percentage, whereas a run in the NIT would be pretty fun. I'll be yeah, not I, as I, fun people, as people, like a tournament win, but right. Still. But people see, I would rather them get to the final four of the NIT than them win a one tournament game. That's tough, but yes, I, I don't, don't think it's tough because okay, you have that. Say the team doesn't even make it doesn't isn't as good next year. What, what do you have to remember them by the one win over a over a twelve seed or a five seed? Yeah, it's kind of like I, would, you would much, I feel like you'd much ago. rather hang a banner. You're right. Like no one talks about that. You talk about John Elmore. You don't talk about them winning a game against I think Wichita State. Correct. So, 
I would much rather have a banner, banner unless you win the NIT. But I know what you're saying. Right, but I mean, you were, you'd remember a run more so than you would like, oh yeah, like when they play, like no one remembers Tony Mitchell's days. Nobody, like how, how many times do you hear on Twitter like people talking about Tony Mitchell? Not many. Not many. Right. But yeah, they do talk about those two t- tournament appearances. They talk about the two tournament appearances because there's nothing else they have. It's true. Uh, it's an interesting debate. Um, but yes, I do think that the United, uh, that winning the regular season title is definitely getting overlooked. West Kentucky's up three with 28 seconds left. Okay, we can't move on until after this. <laughs> so you might as well just fill it with some more NIT talk. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think we have more to talk about here. Um, where are we at? Damn, Western's we? really up three. This is this team is crazy. That Western Kentucky team is just. It's funny that Western's gonna, Western's bailing out North Texas only for North Texas to destroy them at home. Should we start previewing Western Kentucky? Let's do it. Close the Without, laptop. Close no, the laptop. No, we no, can't no. know. I'm not closing. No, 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 I'm not closing. Okay, we can't know though. No, no, no. This all that does is change the importance of Sunday's game. It doesn't change how we feel about Western Kentucky. That's true. So, I and when I wrote that pod play one, I wrote that. Louisiana Tech was obviously my most concerning team for North Texas. West Kentucky was second, but I definitely thought that Louisiana Tech was a better matchup or was a tougher matchup for North Texas. So, and I said that because obviously the defensive versatility, the they had the guards to match North Texas, which Western does, but the defensive versatility, the size, the athleticism, and I think all of that showed true. And North Texas still arguably should have won that game. Am I wrong for looking at that Western or for looking at that La Tech game and saying, you know, if they played that badly and almost beat them, they should be able to beat Western Kentucky. I'm not scared of Western at all. And I could, I could like. Are you more scared of Charlotte? Yes. Like just in a theory. Yes. Because Charlotte can get really hot. Whereas Western, I feel like you have two guys on that team that can kind of. So let me run through their roster real quick. Right. Tavion Hollingsworth. Very good. Very yes. good player. Cameron Justice, very good player. Lit up North Texas last time. Jared Savage, very good. Rawls off the bench, freshman. I believe he's a freshman. Shooter. Um, Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson, athletic. Dunker. Monster, dunker. Then they have that white center that I don't remember his name. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not looking But he outworked team. whoever because I remember that. Zach was guarding him, and he cooked Zach. Do you remember that? They had oh. him, they gave it to him at the three-point line. We got a panic like, meter on Zach. <laughs> <laughs> panic meter on Zach. Yeah, because he was like 6'7". Yeah, he was mixing <laughs> Just him. mixing up Zach. But, which is why, which is the main reason for me that it's an interesting matchup. Because of the potential they have that they can space out a little bit. They're not a great three-point shooting team, but they can space out a little bit with that five. See, but I, I'm not concerned with that now because now we know what Dang and Thomas are. You put that, which I think is probably their best lineup. Yeah, dang Thomas, and then throw in whatever guards you want. Yeah, Reese. I mean, I don't think I don't think there's any problem with that because if they have that six seven dude as their tallest player as their five, I mean Thomas, dang, same height if not taller. Yeah, so I'm not worried about that. No, I I definitely do think. And again, I brought it up before that the last time Western Kentucky won, they had to win off of a press and they had to win off of, um, getting hot from three. Right. So okay. So you said mentioned the press. North Texas doesn't have a problem with the press anymore. They have not had a problem with the press at all. Like, at all. Yeah. So, yes, there's not that is not a concern for me. West Kentucky shooting is still a concern for me just because of the potential of them, you know, maybe having one of those 9 of 18 games, 9 of 20 games from three. That's very possible. And, but I say that, but I also say North Texas should be able to hit eight threes right. of their own. Like, there's no reason North Texas shouldn't be able to go at least 
eight of twenty four from three. Yeah, twenty four might be a high volume, but let's say seven of twenty. Right, it's yeah, the same why, thing. Why not exactly? And another That's thing too, Western on the road has not been great at all either. I haven't. I actually haven't looked at that. Remember UTSA? They went to overtime. Yeah. Uh, I oh, if we start going through Western's like results, then it looks really unimpressive. Well, because it is when you think about it. La Tech made a two with nineteen seconds left. So think. they're up one. Western is Western's up one. Hey, let me pull up Western's uh, West Kentucky schedule. But yeah, when you look at their schedule, it's very um, underwhelming because of their results. So. Just go through conference only. Of course, of course, of course. Here we go. They have played. So after they beat North Texas by nine. This is at home. Yes, at home. So then they beat Rice at home by seven. Lost to UAB on the road by ten. Uh, <laughs> That's such a bad loss. <laughs> uh, beat Middle by 16 at, on the road. Then against Old Dominion at home, one by two. Beat Charlotte by 17 at home. Beat Marshall by four on the road where they came back. Then came back again and beat Marshall at home by seven. Lost to FAU by four. Lost to FIU by five. Uh, Beat Louisiana Tech by 11. That's their most impressive win. Um, Beat Southern Miss by three. Remember, they were down big that game. Mm -hmm. Um, Beat UTEP by five on the road. Again, down big. Beat UTSA on the road by seven in overtime. Lost to Charlotte by two, and now here we are. Yep. Very inconsistent. I mean, yes, I agree, but they are a team that's proven that they're going to come back time and right. time. They, time. They're not a team that you can sleep on. And I think while the defense is going to be interesting, it's just going to come down to North Texas offense. Agreed. Which is crazy because last time these two played, North Texas put up 84 points, and you would think, like, you know, that's good. It wasn't good the second half. The second, I mean, they almost put up fifty in the first half. I want to say or they put up like forty, yeah, forty three. I don't remember. It was a lot, something like that. And the second half, while they scored a lot, it was painful because of the speed. Because as we all know, North Texas is the fourth slowest team in the country, and they had to play an up tempo game against Western Kentucky, who can only play an up tempo game. You can't do that, and I think that North Texas has learned over the last fifteen games. <laughs> how to play. Yeah. And I think this is just a completely different North Texas team. I think this is the same Western Kentucky team. Yes. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing for me is that the only chance Western Kentucky has is getting North Texas sped up. FIU has relied on that and a lot of other teams have relied on that. And they've lost. And they have lost. West Kentucky's probably been one of the only teams that has won doing that. Albeit there were some, a lot of turnovers from North Texas and hot shooting night from Western Kentucky. And a Javion Hamlet that wasn't this Javion Hamlet. Oh, God, no. God, no. I mean, you just look at all these factors and you're like, and we have to remember the first half of that game when they first played, North Texas dominated. Yeah. Dominated them. And it was the press that made it to That where changed the game changed and the completely game. caught North Texas off guard. If North Texas goes into this game knowing and expecting La Tech to, you know. Western. I'm sorry, Western Kentucky to try to speed the game up, they should be okay. I have one counterpoint, though, to myself. Okay. <laughs> I want to relate this back to the uh, Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Okay. So, we all watched that fight. Not we. We probably all didn't. We probably have a lot of viewers that didn't. But if you didn't watch that fight, it was a heavyweight championship fight. Terrific fight. Probably the best heavyweight fight of my life. 
after the first. I was gonna say Wilder that first Fury one was one. the Wilder first one. Wilder Fury. All right, I'll say the most hyped up heavyweight fight of my life. Okay, that's what I'll say. Watched it and Fury came out and beat the crap out of Deontay Wilder, and we everyone was like, "That's really weird." And we go back and people were saying that people with a lot more knowledge than I do for boxing because I'm just a casual boxing fan. Deontay Wilder came out of that first fight and said, I want to train myself to be able to go the distance with Fury because he thought that he wasn't going to be able to knock Fury out. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to be able to go the distance. Mm -hmm. And so when you prepare for something and then your opponent comes in and just punches you in the mouth with something that you weren't expecting, that's when things start to go awry. I'm just, I, I only say this because I kind of can see that kind of happening in a sense with Western Kentucky. That being Western Kentucky comes out and does what they did last time, sit in a zone, maybe play North Texas pace, and maybe they're prepared better defensively and they're prepared better against North Texas man-to-man defense. Maybe they put Zach in a lot of pick and rolls, pick and pops. Maybe they use the five better. No, Western Kentucky did do things that were sustainable in that Western first one. Meeting. Western one. Western did do things that were sustainable in that first meeting when it was zone and it was putting Zach in predicaments on defense. There could be this aspect of Western Kentucky knowing what worked and not trying to make North Texas uncomfortable, just doing what works against North Texas. But what I works might against, sound crazy. But what works against North Texas? Like a hundred percent of the time, what could you say works against North Texas? Picking up the pace. But does it? Because because Hold on, I have to think about that. Because I, because I just spoke because off the top of my head. Because because think about this. Stupid. Think about this. Law Tech. Okay, wait. What works against North Texas? Athleticism, offensive rebounding. We know that works against North Texas. Being able to shoot, I think, also works against North Texas. Okay, is that fair? I think because a hundred percent of the time. I mean, North Texas is giving up 38% from three-point line. Okay. Well, yeah. In, in conference, I should yeah, say. Yeah, let's... Okay, so we'll give so you that. I would say three-point shooting, and I would say offensive rebounding. Okay. Right? What else? What else? What else? What else? But okay, we'll say those two things okay, right Okay, what, what's we'll, your point? We'll say for those, those two things for right now. Western, we already said, was had a hot shooting night. It's not characteristic of them to do that. Yes. So that kind of eliminates already your point, unless they have another hot shooting night. Mm-hmm. And then you have the offensive rebounding. They're not big. They have a six-seven center. So although that those are North Texas weaknesses, they're not Western strengths. Correct. And yes, you can speed up North Texas, but North Texas has learned how to play fast when needed, and then slows it down when they know that they can't continue to play like that. Like, I mean, you saw it tonight. I mean, you even said you're like they're playing way too fast right now, but they just got done on a seven-zero run. Yes. So. North Texas at this point has won in every possible way that they could have won. They, they faced every type of opponent already. Western being the very first kind of punch in the mouth, as you would say. And then they've dominated every team in every type of way. I mean... For, You're right. Yeah. You're completely right. And um, I, I said this point to kind of be a devil's advocate. Right. Because I do think that, I unlike you, I, I do fear Western Kentucky uh, a healthy amount. Just because I do think that they have certain things that work, and they're not afraid to try stuff. They're mm-hmm. not afraid to try zone press, man. They they are. I could argue they're the most versatile team. Like that, that will just try stuff. I don't know if versatile is the right word, but they it's, might be. The I most would say versatile, experimental say, team yeah. in the conference. Yeah, like they might point. just shoot a lot of threes, get hot. They might be able to score in the mid range. I mean, Tavion Hollingsworth. They might be able to pick the pace up. They might be able to slow it down zone. 
they are the team that kind of can experiment with things in games. And when you have that going for you, it does at least give you a puncher's chance going into a big game. If North Texas plays <laughs> plays like they've always played in a calm manner, yes. I don't think this is this is going to be that competitive of a game late. Now if they get if they kind of get in their own heads, then I'll be concerned. And honestly that that's what would have to happen. Like we said like last time, they would have to mentally break down in a way we haven't seen them break down since that game. Mm-hmm. Even the Rice game was close. Even the Rice game they had chances. Even the Rice game it wasn't a mental breakdown. Right. I mean the La Tech game just, last yeah, Saturday wasn't, wasn't a mental, mental breakdown. It's just they got beat. Exactly. I mean La Tech took the game. Exactly. And so We've seen time after time that teams are going to have to take wins from North Texas. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be Rice and shoot 15 to 28 from three. You're going to have to be Dequan Bracey and make insane shots with your offhand, right? You're going to have to be West Kentucky and just completely throw North Texas off with a press. Beating North Texas straight up is difficult. But beating them when you're trying to speed them up is also difficult. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they've won in every fa- every possible way. And the only team that they haven't beat in conference play is Western Kentucky, if you think about that. But they've only played them once. I know, but I'm saying they beat they Right, beat no, Latex, no, I, I got Rice, you. I, this is almost kind of like a like a like a test like before you like start like a workout regimen or something like you first like try to like a pacer test, you're like, yeah. "Oh, I got like 10 this first time." And then you work out for 3 months, and at the end you're like, "Okay, now how much did I actually improve it?" And this will be the that kind of final test for North Texas. And it will be the biggest test because it's the conference championship. Yeah. And you could argue it's the most important conference championship. Yeah. Maybe not. Some people that people want to come, who wants to go to the NCAA tournament, but this locks in your NIT birth. Th- yeah, this locks least. in postseason hopes. Yes. Like exactly. you don't have to like this team, although they, they would claim that they wouldn't think about it, they're gonna go into if they if they didn't get the conference championship and they went in to the tournament, there would be a subconscious thought like we have to win every game if we want to be remembered. Type yes. of thing, like if we want to play more ball, yeah. And the only way, and the Sunday locks that in if they win, exactly. Um, and also if they win, then the the Charlotte game on the road is basically doesn't mean anything. I'm almost positive of that, right? We're we're positive of that, right? If LaTeX La lost, they're not two so games two back. games back. And if so they North win Texas against wins, Western Kentucky, and LaTeX wins, they're still two games back. Yeah. So La, yeah, LaTeX is out of it now. LaTeX is out of it. Western Kentucky. If North Texas beats Western Kentucky and then loses, they'll still be a game up. Yeah, that'll be it. Because North Texas is up one game on Western right now. Yeah, North so Texas be has two three game losses. Lead. Yeah, so it'd be yeah. a two game so lead. They're, they're it'd be a two game lead over everybody with one game left. Yeah. So for North Texas, I think JJ Murray should start point guard against Charlotte if they win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's another topic. Do we think? Okay, this is getting too. Let's far Let's not ahead. get too far ahead. Okay, okay, okay. We'll we'll talk about this. We later. can save that. We'll talk about this later. It would be interesting to see how they played Charlotte. Because they they do have the last buy as well. Remember, oh man, that would so be some wild rest. You can't really not play the Charlotte game because you don't want to have fifteen, like fourteen. Yeah, I think the only thing off, you, you want to make sure is that you don't play guys when not necessary. Like kind of tonight, like we were like with five minutes left, we're like, okay, throw in the guys, like throw in everyone yeah. else. I mean, Javion tonight didn't. He, I don't know if he's hurt or whatever, or fatigued, but he didn't play his normal minutes. I don't think. No, he it played thirty two. Okay, well, in the first half he came out a lot. Yeah, it is. It, the rotations felt a little. Yeah, different. they just felt off. I'll say that. So for whatever, whoever is kind of banged up, like don't play him if you don't have to. I mean, you exactly. got guys on the bench that are capable. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll get into all that 
after Sunday's game. We'll see how Sunday's game plays out. Damn, that's going to be a fun game. Hopefully. Unfortunately, I can't be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have work on Sundays. Man. Quit. Quit if you're real. I should just work from home there. Wait, who's tweeting at me? That'd be kind of wild, actually. <laughs> Wait, work from there? Yeah, I just I wouldn't be able to shoot photos, but I could work from there. <laughs> just to be there? Yeah. <laughs> Drive 45 minutes just to be there and work? No, it's okay, Colin. Well, I kind of want to be there, you know? It's all right, man. Don't don't worry about It'd it. It'd be live. Don't worry about it, you know? If they won? Money over... When was the last time they won happiness. a conference championship? 2011? Yeah. <laughs> Money. Sheesh, I might, might have to drive. <laughs> Just ask everyone to send in the work early. No, I normally I don't get work, but like it's on that off chance that I get work. Mm. All right, man. Okay, well, this goes into our um, final section. Yeah, our final segment. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, conference is the outlook, but honestly, I don't give a damn right now because Sunday is all I care about right now. So, yeah, this completely changed once. La Tech will be in third almost certainly at this point. Charlotte will almost certainly be in fourth, and FIU will almost certainly be in fifth. You know, it would be really messed up if North Texas didn't play any guys on the last game against Charlotte, and Charlotte won and then made La Tech fourth. Oh, that's not, let's not, let's not have that happen. <laughs> no, 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 please, <laughs> please, let's not do that. All right. Um, all right, NTSN asked, um, we played our best second half this year. I'm assuming we played our second best second half this year. I'm assuming it's FIU. How can they keep that up heading into West Kentucky? He was known for late comebacks, as they just did. I, I, I mean, would, we already talked about it in a sense. Yeah, I think I mean, this is a different team. I think this is a team yeah. that, albeit did struggle in slot attack early in the second half and let them back into it. That I mean, the one practice I went to this week, they were preaching it time after time. They came out. Of uh, I think they went and watched film, and then they came out of that, and they played it like a start of the second half situation. So they're definitely thinking about it. It's definitely on their minds. And usually when things are on their mind, they're usually really good at it. Right. At like, I don't think this team has failed at something they've worked at. Yeah, exactly. So Except for maybe rebounding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's a physical thing, though. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm not, we're not too, too worried about it. Um, I'm more worried about like the actual game. Like, oh, It's going to be a great game. NTSN kind of leads me into what I said earlier, but I hope that it's a filled place. Uh, he said, uh, what are y'all's predictions for attendance with Western Kentucky? If it is not a lower bowl, if it's not at least CBI Again, level. lower bowl is 6K. Last time. If it's not CBI, we're having some problems. So 6K? You want 6K? Is that Was that CBI? I think so. Yeah, there were 6K. Okay, if it's not CBI, there's some problems. The first time your team has ever had a lick at a chance of a postseason in 10 years and you and they aren't coming no one's ever coming if they don't have anybody I agree it's just so hard because the students the student involvement is not there so you're really relying on like everybody else in the community to step up so it's kind of but tough. see is that even crazy I mean I I mean it is crazy when, when you, you look think at UNT has the biggest alumni base in Dallas yes but how many of them cared about sports not many Compared to everybody. right, I understand that, but I'm just I'm saying, saying when like, you watch a bigger school, when you watch a Michigan State or something okay, like that, well you, okay, the entire lower think bowl of another is mid major. Think of another mid major. I'm just saying the, the lower bowl is students. Right, I understand. So you get rid of that, and it's kind of different. But um, I think what was it last time? Uh, for the last home game, La Tech game, it was like, damn, I'm not gonna remember it. If it's a La Tech game show out, I'm upset. La Tech was a good crowd though. It was a good crowd. I want to say it was close to 4K, but it wasn't a loud crowd. I would say it was that's, almost. That's 4K. the thing I have a problem with. I think if you get to four and a half, five K, I'll be, I'll be content, which is almost a full bowl. I'll be content. I won't be satisfied. Okay, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Um, 
we'll we'll look at the conference tournament attendance later. Thank you for your question, NTSN. Preston Hodge asked um, various all conference nominees. Well, I, I we kind of touched on this already, but uh, player of the year. I honestly think it comes down to Sunday's game. If West Kentucky wins, it's Tavion Hollingsworth. If it's North Texas, then it's Javion Hamlet. Yes. And I'm perfectly fine with all, putting all these stakes onto one game. It would be let's with, do it. This, what I say earlier. This is how you write like stories. Like this is how you know. I'm just go down to history. I'm an I'm as Brittany would say. I'm enamored with the moment. Oh, this is <laughs> fantastic. I I did say that also before. I said this on the last po- last podcast. You have to beat West Kentucky at home to win the conference. And here I you said, are. I said on the like, last podcast, and this is this where is we are this at. is now theirs to lose. This is it. Yeah, like you point. got the break because La Tech lost. So they're now two games back. They're basically out of it. You just have to win one game. You don't have to win two games anymore. You don't have to worry about Charlotte. You just have to win one game. Yep. So it, it I'm cool with the winner of that game being the conference player of the year. Yeah. Hollingsworth. Hamlet, because because I think if, go. if like if Western wins, the North Texas didn't deserve it anyways. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cool with it, man. I'm cool. With whatever. Uh, defense player of the year, Sagai will be him. Um, six man of the year, Thomas. Six man of the year, Thomas Bell. Um, what are you, Coach of the year. That's Kasslin, definitely Grant. Probably. You can't yeah. say anybody other than Grant. Stansbury lost. Uh, Doesn't matter. Lost Bassey. Do they have talent? They do. That's a course. cop out. Of course they do. Uh, Charlotte's coach, I think, should get a nod. That's okay. That's the only other. That's probably second for me. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. Those three. Those are probably the top three for me. I know you don't like Stansbury, but it's okay. Um, is there another award I'm not thinking of? Defense Worst uh, court in Conference USA. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind if I use court. Personally. If I use court is god awful. I kept thinking that the blue was the out of bounds over and over and over. And I don't over. mind if I use court. I, I wish the water was a little more transparent so you could see the three point line or maybe the three point line was a little bolder, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I like it. You're ridiculous. I like it. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, we already said James Reese first team all defense. Mo will be first team all conference if he has a good final stretch of the season, assuming he doesn't fall off. Uh, Zach second team. Who would be second team? Reese. 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 Reese would probably be second Reese. team. I don't think Zach gets a. Gets Zach on the will team. get a third team at least. Think so. Zach will get a third. I mean, What's, he's he's the what? He's the third best center. Second right. best center, but what is he? Is he the is he the best center? Osagai, him or Osagai? If I had to pick one, yeah, probably Zach. Honestly, that's what I'm Even saying. Even after I just kind of like trashed him, <laughs> but like like Osagai, like he's nothing special. He blocks shots. Yeah, I mean he he might be the best center in Conference USA. Just I mean we're saying more about Conference USA than anything else, but still. Yeah, I mean um, Western starts at six. I mean seven, Bryson seven. Edwards is forward. He's not a center. Uh, Marshall has a good that, that stone guy or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. All right, Colin. I'm trying to think of anything else we have here. Thank you for your question, Preston Hodge. What are we at? 59 minutes? That's perfect. Let's make it an hour. All right. <laughs> for Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Follow us on Twitter at Green 247 Matthew Bruni underscore and CJH Mitchell. Subscribe to us on Apple and SoundCloud at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your loved ones. Um, yeah, leave us a five-star rating and review. It greatly helps us. We appreciate it. Um, it boosts our ego a ton, especially going into this tough part of the year. If they make the NIT, then we might have like an away game podcast. We need to really experiment a podcast somewhere. 
That'd be <laughs> get That's like a spawn like if they actually get to like Madison Square Garden like get like a sponsorship like like local like place yeah 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 because yeah, like, yeah. you could, you could walk up to be like yeah we work for twenty four seven sports y'all want to host us and then yeah, you're like exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> they wouldn't know <laughs> exactly all right listen to all these possibilities your rating could change that could yeah, make it even more plausible we'd have, we'd have to show them the ratings exactly so yeah leave us a rating and a review um i'm forgetting something oh subscribe to meangreen247.com a lot of vip stuff going up advanced stats for basketball uh recruiting stuff for basketball and football we are throwing out recruiting stuff right now i want to say it's one dollar for the first month right now and 20 or 40 percent off the year uh we have a and special it's running it's five so yeah we have a special running pretty soon uh so keep your eye out for that we appreciate all y'all's support, all y'all's interaction, and thank you all. We will see y'all on Sunday for our post-game Twitter breakdown. Hopefully, it's a great game. That's all I really care about, and I want North Texas to win. This is the first time I will ever admit I want North Texas to win. That's a big step. I don't think I've ever said that before. It's a big step. No, you haven't said that before. I just want more basketball, if I can be I completely honestly. I don't I don't want the season to end at <laughs> right? any point. I, I don't it's just kinda like in the lull. Right? Like yeah. at, oh. then you're back to football. Ah, spring football. Nah. Let's let's, let's extend this season. So to April. Who knows, man? Who knows? All right, for Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bernie. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>